I think I'll be an aquatic ecologist. In fact, no. I want more action in my life, more power. I know. I'll become a cop. Eh, not enough dough. I've got it. Finance broking. That's what I'll do. I'll become a finance broker. That's pretty much the career progression of today's guest, a multi-award winning finance broker who took the long way round. And welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Australia's number one marketing show. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. You, infinitely, infinitely more important, you're a motivated business owner, ready to crank out some great marketing and turn that beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be. And that's pretty much what we do around here. So, big show today. Multi-award-winning finance broker Scott Matthews joins us, a fellow who, as you heard at the top of the show, has a very interesting career path, to say the least. Got an update on my book? Yeah. Gee, it's coming together nicely. I've got a motivational quote about social media myths. I've got some event dates for you that I reckon you'll be interested in if you are keen to grow your business. Oh, and I've been seated this week. Oh, yeah. Someone has sent me something. Always an exciting moment. Hey, today's show lovingly brought to you by the good folk at Net Registry who care about one thing, and that is getting your business sorted online. They sort everything out, domain names, web hosting, websites, you name it. Check out their exclusive listener packages over at netregistry.com.au forward slash Timbo. And we are also made possible by the good folk at Key Person of Influence. And I think you are going to be very interested in some events they've got coming up. Uh, Might be a wacky name, Key Person of Influence, but boy, oh boy, if you want to become more visible, more valued and more connected in your industry, then check out keypersonofinfluence.com forward slash Timbo for some event offers and a free book. And it's not mine. (laughs) Um, As per usual, marketing gold. G-O-L-D, dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Do you need a speaker for your next conference? Recommend Timbo to your event organiser. Or better still, book him. Tim Reid, that's R-E-I-D dot com dot A-U. And by stuck in, I mean to today's guest. Like, let's just do that. Let's go there. So I have a long-time listener, Stuart McAdam. He's a good fella. He occasionally suggests I should interview someone. And when he does, I listen because he's generally right. But I questioned him on this one, but he still came through with the goods. So he sends me this email. Hey, he says, hey, Timbo, would you be interested in interviewing a client of mine, Scott Matthews? He's a finance broker, entrepreneur, property investor, whose distinguished work is recognised throughout Australia. I'm reading an email from Stuart, by the way, if you're wondering what I'm doing. But it's leading to an intro. In 2009, Scott founded Finance Life, which is a boutique finance broking business focusing on residential and commercial lending. I'm going, by this point, I'm going, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. Today, it has become recognised and respected 
with a national database of clients and strong commercial relations. Yeah, lots of businesses like that. Sort of piquing my interest. Scott is also a successful property investor, having owned, renovated and developed more than 30 properties in the last decade. Yeah, that's impressive. I'm thinking at this point he's probably got a lot of money. He has also paddled the Murray River, raising $70,000 for Make-A-Wish Foundation. So he's a good guy, right? He's sort of got my interest and I respect Stuart's opinion. So I go back to Stuart saying, yeah, but uh, what about the kind of marketing angle? Why should I interview him, Stu? And he's come back. He said, well, Scott's story is compelling for two reasons. The first is that he never had the ultimate intention of becoming a finance broker. He graduated from uni in aquatic ecology. A year later, he became a policeman and spent five years in the force as a cop. During this time, he became a part-time broker. Ah, sort of moonlighting. Kind of adventurous being a policeman, but probably not very profitable. And soon he realised being a broker was in his blood. So now he's got my attention, has young, has young Stuart. He says the second is that Scott founded Finance Life. He now serves over 1,000 clients and employs seven people. And he's making a lot of money. Now he's got my attention. So I started off by asking Scott about his interesting career choices. So, Scotty, a bachelor degree in aquatic ecology, then five years in the police force, during which time you became a part-time mortgage broker. Just walk us through that little career progression. Um, that was just a, uh, an evolution of life, and I, I didn't really have a say in that. It just happened. I um, did my uni degree and really loved it. Uh, and, and back in, you know, back, well, gee, that was a lifetime ago, but mm. environmental growth was a, a big area, and, and it's... You know, it's for all the right reasons that you get into environmental management, uh, but it wasn't a career for me. And you know, I'm 21 years of age and I'm a six foot male, and police police, police was a natural place to, to uh, really become a man, right? And and it was great. So the police grew me up because I was probably I was probably quite a quite a boy. You know, I was as a young at 20, I was probably still a kid. And uh, that changed pretty quickly when you start doing some of the nasty stuff that the police um, uh, do day and night that, you know, that, that, that maybe don't get the respect for. Do you, it's quite, I mean, okay, so you're, you're 20, 21 thinking, what do you think? I'm going to become a man. Aquatic, aquatic ecology's not going to get me there. Was that really the kind of thing that went through your mind? Yeah, well, look, my, my wage was 13000 a year, which was... As an aquatic back. ecologist? Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, so we're talking ninety ninety eight, and you know I couldn't I couldn't right. Win. So it was a money thing as well. I, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And I'd always wanted. So my best friend from um, uni became a lieutenant in the army, and I became policeman. We both had that that um, that flair to end to go into something a little bit more exciting. Yeah, I mean, right. So, so then you're five years in the police force, uh, you, you see some interesting things, I imagine, and during that time, you start a mortgage broking, or you know, you're yeah. not, not a business, but you, you become a part-time mortgage broker. Yeah, yeah. Why? Well, I couldn't, I went and got a loan um, for a house, because I've always been into property, 
and I got declined. And again, my wage back then was was not fantastic. Mm. And I didn't. That's a bit I didn't get. So hang on a sec. I'm a I'm a policeman. You know, you guys trust me to look after. You know, the society in the night time, you won't give me a bank loan. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get a loan approved. And so I broke my own loan. And and I got it and I bought my first house. And I made, um, so I think it was 2001, I made myself 50% profit in one year by renovating the house that I bought. And then the second house I bought, I used a broker. And this guy told me, you know, the realities of his world. And I went, hang on, I, I can do that. Uh, and then I, I met someone. <clears throat> they guided me down the path of of what broking was, and and um, so the guy I still um, work for, so to speak, he, he's my aggregator. He actually sat there and said, "Mate, you won't make it. You know, you won't be able to be a part time broker. You you you'll, you'll fail at this." Hmm. Uh, and I didn't. What's, what was the um, the Scott Matthews policeman versus yep. the Scott Matthews mortgage broker? Two different people. Yeah, yeah, and I just kept them separate. And I, you know, I, um, I, I well, look, you can never ever lie to a client, hmm. but I don't have to sit down in front of a client's house and tell them I'm a policeman by day you know, <laughs> and a mortgage broker by night. But if they ask me, are you a policeman? So, well, yes, I am, and, I'm, and I'm, this is my other job. Um, and I did that for a year and a half, which was excellent because hmm. I didn't need the money. So I was actually able to be a broker to learn to be a broker opposed to wanting money. I didn't. I never had to get the next client for the dollar. So Isn't I, I that got... interesting? You have started You started something that, A, uh, you needed to start because someone else couldn't give it to you, i.e. your first mortgage. Mm. Then you've got you've gone to get your second mortgage through the normal channels and mm. someone has said, this is the reality of it and you'll never make it. So red rag to a bull, I'm guessing. Yeah. And you're just there going a year and a half of... Getting mortgages for others, practicing really, why you get paid in another job? Absolutely, and look, <laughs> it was lovely to get paid, and that money was was fantastic. But I see people now entering the industry who who, who rely on that money to feed their family, and that must be hard. Yeah, well, desperation's ugly. Yeah, and that's when you do the wrong thing by clients. Oh, look, you know, you know, you've got to sign this deal, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Mm. Customer smells the 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 um, desperation. So, what's this? I mean, your your career path is unusual, uh, mm. maybe it's the right way to do it. Um, what does someone do if they're wanting to get into their own business but they're doing it, you know, it's like this has got to work, this has got to work. You know, I say to, my, I say to people who approach me for coaching, um, I'm, not, I'm not your port of last call. You know, like this is not, you know, it's, if, if it doesn't work with me, then your business goes bust, then it, I'm not the right person for you, you know, like because desperation it is not a great um, uh, place to breed ideas. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's also, you know, it's, it's also, you can, you can look at the positive as well that um, someone who's determined um, and committed to it will actually succeed less than someone. I mean, the worst thing I've, I've ever heard is, um, oh, let's give it a go. Mm. No, nah, let's, let's not give it a go. And, in fact, if I can quote the great Yoda from Star Wars. Go for it. Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> so be a mortgage broker and be a damn good one and give it your, your guts and your heart and your soul. Don't have a crack at it. Your clients and your clients deserve more than that. They don't want to know that you had a crack at their mortgage. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. and, and that's that's that fine line between desperation where you've got to feed the family, but you've got to have an absolute commitment 
and you've got to be clever about it. You want to know your industry. And, and I say to people in my game, you've got to know your tools. I, I need to know all of my bank's products and what they mm. do and what their niches are, and that's what makes me an excellent broker because I know everything. You, you're kind of touching on this idea, Scott, of just jumping off the cliff, really, and not looking back. You know, I love that mm. phrase, jump off the cliff and build the parachute on the way down. You're kind of like, you know, we're in. This is not like, let's see if it works. No, no, we're in. And, and that, it's so me. It's, you know, <laughs> is it? You've hit, you've hit the nail on the head. Well, let's talk about that. You, you, at some point you go, well, this mortgage-breaking thing's actually, uh, this is working. Uh, yeah. I, can see, I can see a long-term kind of opportunity here. You leave the police force after five years and, yeah. and you start your own business. You're a numbers guy. You get the whole business thing, I'm guessing. So what was the hardest thing about starting your own business, leaving the force? Um, well, the, the, the police was a safety blanket. You know, at least you, you, had, you had a set way. Comfortable. Yeah. And and when I entered the police force, Mum's like, no, 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 you're not becoming a policeman. You've got a university degree. You're a scientist. And when I left the police force, she's like, you're not leaving the police force. You've got a good career. And I was actually working in a very exciting area at the time, and, and it shocked a lot of people. So what would you find tough? You're a tough guy. What would you find tough? Uh, look, I don't think I did. Actually, the year that I left the police force, I was runner-up for Young Broker of Australia. The year you left and you were part-time. Uh, the, so the year I left and, and went full-time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was so – that, and that's the national award. That's not the – you know, that's not – back then there was only one award ceremony. These days there's 100 of them. That's brilliant. It was a, it was a commitment and it just, just – uh, half, of, half of my job is being a mortgage broker. Hmm. Half of my job is being – it, the, the, it's finding the next client. Yeah, right. The, okay, marketing. If I don't have that next client, who am I going to sell to? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And if you don't, you know, you, yeah, you do well by the last client, and you'll get. I mean, it's different these days because I've got a big company, and I'll always get another. I'll get a phone call today of someone wanting finance. But back then, I had a small client list. In fact, I had forty-eight clients when I went full-time broking. I want to talk. I want to talk about marketing in a minute because that raises the whole issue. Like uh, you said to me the other day on the phone, you don't do, you don't do a lot of marketing. But I'm going to challenge you on that very shortly. Just mm. um, Scott, wrap some numbers around mm. where you're at today. Whatever you can, just to give us a sense of how big finance life is. Um, well, finance life in the scheme of, of, of big players is tiny, mm-hmm. but as in, in, in the scheme of small players, so I'm, um, we did $90 million last year, which is, um, that's for um, one, uh, two, so two brokers. Mm-hmm. Um, I did about $65, 70000000 million of that. My other broker did about $20 mil. Um, in terms of Adelaide, uh, the top five brokers, we've got a couple of real standouts in Adelaide. Some mm-hmm. of my colleagues here um, are excellent mortgage brokers, been a lot longer established than me. Mm-hmm. Um, in this game... Number of staff? Uh, so I've got um, seven staff. Um, uh, so I've got two support staff. So me, me and another broker, two support staff. Um, I've got a receptionist and I'm just about to have a new... Um, uh, business manager come Love on board. Big step for me. Hey, now, listeners, I'm talking to Scott Matthews, who is the founder of Mortgage Broking Business Finance Life that is award-winning. We'll talk about that in a minute. But before we do, here is a word from a couple of sponsors who make your marketing just that little bit easier. This show is made possible by Key Person of Influence. 
which according to the Huffington Post is the world's leading brand accelerator program. Now they've got some very cool one day events coming up with some amazing speakers. So I asked head honcho Glenn Carlson to pick his favourite. His answer may well surprise you. That's horrible, mate. Um, I'm going to have to say, while there's Matthew, who's built, you know, the third fastest growing company in Australia, sold it for tens of millions. Valerie is obviously one of the best content creators in Australia, talking about profile. Tim, you know, his company's built over a billion dollars worth of value in his clients. Andrew Griffiths, 12 best-selling books. But, mate, I'm the MC. I'm the one that brings it all together. So, you know, despite all these amazing speakers that have got incredible tenure in their space, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say my favourite's got to be me. Oh, you got to love a big cheese that backs himself. All jokes aside, do your business a favour and grab a $57 seat over at keypersonofinfluence.com forward slash Timbo. Support for this show comes from NetRegistry, a one-stop shop for getting your online marketing sorted. Verity Ma, their chief marketing officer, recently told me this story of a very happy mechanic. So one of my favourite stories of customers that I heard was a salesperson was talking to a mechanic and he was talking about what sort of email he would like to have and what kind of hosting, whether he wants cloud or cPanel hosting. And the mechanic just said, look, I don't care, build my website, here's my phone number, make my phone ring and send me the bill. And that was the last we heard of him. He didn't provide us content. He didn't provide us any details about his business. We had his contact details. We wrote all the content and we just got his phone ringing and sent him the bell. Net Registry, where happy mechanics go to grow their business online. Visit netregistry.com.au or give them a buzz on 1300 638 734 and tell them Timbo sent you. Now, Scott, uh, let's talk marketing because you did say to me the other day, mate, yeah, no, no, I don't do any marketing. What's your view? What is your view on marketing? Oh, I don't do traditional marketing, do I? I just threw that one out there and you got me. <laughs> gotcha. Um, look, yeah, you're right. Marketing is opening your, opening your mouth and talking to anybody about what you do. This is marketing now, isn't mm-hmm. it? It is. I am probably, well, I'm probably a good marketer because I'm, I'm always busy. There's mm-hmm. always on my desk to write, but I've never done uh, radio, TV, Google ads, SEO words. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've had a crack at things. When I was a young broker, I had a crack at, you know, flyers and letterboxes. Can, can you think what was the turning point in your marketing? Because, like, you know, finance, finance life, at, at a point in time, it is a new business. Mm. Can you think of something you did from a marketing point of view where – it really gave you some significant leverage and impact? No. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. No. I, I think my biggest thing is, is me, my personality, and my, and my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, tell I, us about that. Oh, look, you just you, – you, it's a real fine line that you dance between um, letting people know what you do without trying to sell to them. You know, if you go out somewhere and you, someone asks – you know, the obvious thing is, G'day, mate, how are you? What do you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a typical opening line. Is. Yep. And I'll say, look, I'm a finance broker. They'll then want to talk to you about their problems if they've got them. Do, do, the would you be better off, and, and clearly not, 
uh, could I suggest that maybe you could say I help people get the house of their dreams? Or, you know, first of all, frame what he is. is he or she, are they a business owner? Are they uh, a, f- a first-time home buyer? Are they a real estate agent? You know, would you be, I don't know, would you be better off saying I help people get the home of their dreams? I help, I help people, you know, refinance so that they have more money to spend on holidays as opposed to just saying you're a finance broker? Um, I think that's a bit too sales too soon. Right. Um, they'll, they'll quite often, as a finance broker, people often ask what that means, and people think I'm a financial planner or a stockbroker or whatever, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you sell too quickly, um, that's that. That's where that's the shark and the blood. You know, they'll mm-hmm. smell the blood in the water that you, they're about to get sold to. Mm-hmm. They won't sell to someone. They'll go, "What's a finance broker?" And you know, I say, "Oh, look, I'm a mortgage broker, but I, I'm also commercially qualified to do commercial finance." And and then. They'll want to talk to you. But I think if you stand there saying, oh, so have you got a mortgage? No. They're going to walk away. You're going to scare them. Um, And it's it's just it's a fine line. A lot of things in business are a fine line you've got to dance on. Mm -hmm. And being a mortgage broker is a fine line between between being a salesperson and being a finance professional. You know, you can't. I can't sit there and promise people the world because I've got to be um, financially compliant. I've got I've got to be. a professional in my approach, mm-hmm. and and that's I, I think that's got a lot to do with um, being a bit a being a good broker versus you know if, if you end up with that monotone guy oh I'm a mortgage broker and <laughs> so so once you've entered that conversation and you've, you've explained what a mortgage broker is and you've had that you know they've they've expressed potentially a need. Uh, do they just – what happens? Do you ju- are you just a follow-up machine or what, what do yeah. you do? You're a follow-up machine. Oh, yeah, yeah. So tell I'm me, about, tell me about follow-up. So I'm, last night <clears throat> I saw a client in the in the AM Barossa last night, beautiful part of Adelaide, <clears throat> and I'm driving back. It's an hour and a half drive and there was a guy I met at a wedding back in September and I had his, his number in my phone. Uh, I've, I've met him once before. And I've I've just been in a on a family holiday to um, the states for six weeks. And I rang him last night. and said, um, "Let's call him Paul, mm-hmm. Paul John John Paul." So John Paul, uh, mate, I, I spoke to you in September. I told you I'd give you a follow up call after when I got back from the states. Here I am. Tell me about it. And I was able to recite from him at a wedding where certainly some wine had been drunk. Mm-hmm. How many properties he had? What he did for a job? What his wife did for a job? How many kids he had? I couldn't remember their names. Still can't. Um, and what he wanted to achieve, who his bank was, what his rate was, and what he was disappointed with, and I, I, that speaks volumes. So, so what's your trick there? I've met people who can do this. It freaks me out. Yeah, I just can't. I just can't. Mm. <laughs> and you know, if you speak to my wife, she'll tell you I've got a mental illness and I'm obsessive compulsive. And no, you're bit... right. Okay. So, so because that's powerful. That is really powerful. Are you yeah. have the, um, and, and I think this can be. Surely it can be learned, but what you're saying is when you meet someone and you establish that relationship and that rapport, um, listen, L- listen more than talk, yeah, and get their story. Yeah, it's like when you when um, back when I was a bachelor and you you were dating. Hmm. Always ask the lady seven questions before you tell her something about yourself because she wants people love to talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. Very. Mm-hmm. Every time you want to give an opinion, ask seven questions first. Do, do, do you have a process uh, for those? You've clearly got a good memory, but um, I've seen other people um, write stuff on the back of business cards when they get it, or take notes in their iPhone. Or do you have, do you do anything like that? Nah, I've always my mentor in this business carries a little notebook and a pen, and he takes notes on mm-hmm. everything. I've always wanted to do it, but I, I um, 
I just can't. I just, I, I never. You don't need to. Yeah, I don't need to. That's and that's. But you know, there's I, certainly I, I probably forget things. And mm-hmm. Tim, I've got to be honest. If I go out to a party and the person's not a potential client and they tell me their name, I've forgotten in thirty seconds. Yeah, you're right. So you remember what you need to. So then is you, is your follow up is then just like at some point you just kind of then say, okay, well, you know, shall we do business? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll I'll quote this guy today. Um, it's about three quarters of a million dollars and um, if I'm good enough I win his business if I'm not I'll continue to um, keep in contact with him in a very passive way mm-hmm. um, I certainly won't um, push I, I don't ever push if someone wants money mm-hmm. I'm prepared to, to um, be engage me as much as me engage them I don't chase them what's your pass- what's your passive way of, of um, following up oh just a phone call every three six months or a mm-hmm. text message or you know I, I, we have um, similar circles I might catch up with him again um, and, and and to be you know I don't expect to win the business I, I know what he's got and I know I can do better so I expect to win the business this afternoon mm-hmm. um, but I, I certainly won't then hound him you know ring him in a week's time and two weeks time and then ring him every time a special comes out that that's the quickest way to drive someone away yeah 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 so in then winning the business off this guy or anyone else does it become yep. Does it come down to price or do you like, you know, I always suggest avoid price war um, mm. as mm. much as you can. So, mm. yeah, what do you do? Uh, on this occasion, yeah, it will come down to price. He's got um, significant investment debt that's been repriced by his existing bank and I can I can sing, I can can beat that by about um, 50, 60 points, which is the fair saving, about 4000 a year to the bloke. And he's, yeah, right. he, um, he's got a wife and two young kids. She did, The wife doesn't work, so... Um, you know, it's it certainly four thousand dollars a year is a is a fair chunk back in the budget. So, do you try and avoid talking about price and move it across into some other value space? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, one of the things that um, our, this potential client last night spoke about was he can't wait for the next property. His father's a big property um, uh, um, owner, mm-hmm. so is his brother, and he wants another one. And um, his existing bank virtually said, "Look, you've got enough." Just, you know, be happy with what you've got. And he's not. And that's, um, that's, that's, that will be his biggest hook is getting his next property um, and, and gearing his debt in the best way for him to do that. Yeah, okay. In terms of obviously, clearly, relationship is is everything to you. Yeah. Um, often look at industries like it's like accounting, mortgage broking, insurance, financial planning. Um, everyone in those industries are busy. They all say they don't do any marketing, but yeah. there is this need for to nurture a long term relationship because. Really, it's a client for life. I mean, most all businesses should think about client for life, but you guys in particular, how, how do you then nurture that large pool of clients that you're now yeah. building? Yeah. Um, so we do a monthly email to our entire database. Oh, look, the first, I should start. The first thing is good database management. If you don't have the data, you can't nurture. Your, you, when you get too big, you, you can't do it. So mm-hmm. um, my receptionist... Um, uh, who is my mother? Um, <laughs> bad, bad move there. Um, it's lovely to work side by side by mum. Um, she maintains a database, and and I, I make sure it's very accurate. You you don't want to be getting people's names wrong or, or mail going to the wrong house mm. or anything. Ugly. 
So database management is really important. Um, we send a monthly email out. Um, previously, we were sending a quarterly newsletter. We've recently stopped that. We're going to see if that has an impact. Um, you now we do the little things like you know, there's, a, there's a Facebook page, which doesn't I, – I use very poorly. Mm-hmm. It's there to have a presence on Facebook. I don't really use it. Um, but I still write. What I do is because I'm, I'm – um, I'm in that era between digital and paper. I still write to my clients two or three times a year, but I only write to them when it's relevant. And I believe that a fair majority of my clients read what I write, and I'll tell them about changes in the marketplace, maybe specials or opportunities that come out. Uh, do you mean a handwritten letter? Uh, no. So a, a, a letter that I will type um, directly from me, that'll then be um, mail merged to my entire database. Yeah, right. So well, you, you, your ongoing nurturing is very mass in that sense. Do you do yeah. any kind of one-on-one stuff for maybe your top 10%? Uh, I, I will, yeah, my, my top clients, I will virtually, whenever I'm in the car, I'm on the phone. Um, it, it, I get in the car, I've got my top clients and I ring them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'll get a phone call from me every, every couple of months. And um, I know, I know all about their lives. That's that's my job. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember milestones, and and I, I keep in touch with them. I know what they're wanting to do, and and I'm, I'm a, I make sure I'm a part of that. But you said exactly what you said is right. I, I don't sell money. I sell relationships, and I sell myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, what I tell my staff is, if so, if, you, if someone doesn't like you, doesn't matter what you've got for sale, they won't buy it. Mm. They will go and find the, find the person they do like who's got the same product. People buy from like, people. Correct. So you, you've got to and, – and, you, and you, know, you can't think that if you're a nice person, someone will buy from you. You still have to be a consummate professional. You still have to be good at what you do. Now, back to the bloke who doesn't do marketing, Scott. Uh, when I spoke to you last week, you had been up till about 2 in the morning writing uh, blog posts for other other blogs or you were guest posting on other blogs, which I think is yeah. a great strategy. Tell us about that. Oh, it's something new that I've done. Um, and I thought, look, I did enjoy it. I couldn't sleep. So I wrote um, you know, five blogs for five different magazines and websites. And, um, you know, one of them was Be Good to Your Mum. That's what my that's what I titled it. Mm-hmm. Um, I see so many young people come along and um, be anti um, uh, guarantor lines where, where folks go guarantor for young kids. Yet it's the best way for young people to break into yeah, this. Right. <laughs> and so, you, know, you need your parents to do that. Be nice. Great headline. Great headline. So you're, you're out there producing, what, three to 500 word blog posts that you are, I think you're working with a publicist to send mm. these out to, um, I guess, influence people who have uh, or the ears or eyes of an audience that you'd like to get in front of, yeah? Yeah, that's right. Love it. Look, they, might, they, they probably will never, ever ring me, but some young person might read that post and it might help them enter the property market. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I love property because it's been good for me. Mm-hmm. So if, if it helps someone, don't be afraid of a guarantor line, you know, and, that, and that's what I was virtually getting across. If if your parents trust you, they'll, they'll guarantor you on your first mortgage. Mm-hmm. They don't trust you, you've got no chance. Do you um, – you say you are caught in the middle. I think you're 38, aren't you? You're caught in the middle mm-hmm. of, of sort of analogue and digital. You kind yeah. of, you've kind of – you've clearly made the decision – you know, well, you do you, you do a bit of email, you, you you dabble in a bit of Facebook, but nothing clearly for you. Your marketing is is you and and your, the relationships that you build when you're out and about. Are you got any, any intentions of um, maybe entering that digital world a bit more? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. 
You have to watch this space. Watch this space. Uh, love it. Love it. In a in a big way. In a big. I really. I, um, I I would like to reinvent myself as the re pioneer of the mortgage industry in a in a digital space. So you have to just see what what happens there. Fantastic, mate. Oh, I will. And um, that's all about one one of the sponsors of the show has been a crowd called the Key Person of Influence, which is all about becoming a thought leader in your industry. And um, you know, I would have thought that you know it, you're already what you you've won Broker of the Year seven years in a row in South Australia. You know, you've got the opportunity to really kind of bed that down by actually backing it up with content you know content you're already creating these blog posts but um yeah. i can imagine you having some kind of whether it be a youtube channel or a podcast or a series of books or i don't know something that kind of really speaks volumes about who you are and what you do i had breakfast with my lawyer yesterday she's really um in fact of course you know her um she was a young a Telstra business. Sarah Bartholomew's past guest yeah. of this show. Yeah, so we had breakfast at Chianti yesterday. If anyone's in Adelaide, um, Chianti's the only – in fact, if you're a celebrity and you're in Adelaide, you go to Chianti. <laughs> it's a magnificent place. Uh, we had breakfast there and she said to me, Scotty, we've got to get you to write a book. Yeah. And um, obviously she's just released her own book and um, – Oh, look, you know, I'd like to get the runs on the board, and um, in my in my uh, speech on Friday night, because so I took um, uh, broker of the year for for my group on on Friday night, and um, I said, look, guys, watch your space. Within three years, I'm going to be on Shark Tank, and everybody said, oh, 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 yeah. I said, yeah, no, no, not as the guest. As I'm a shark, be, I'm going to be one of the hosts. Yeah, right. As a shark, and so I got three years to define myself in that space, uh, get people to take notice, and then um, sit on there. And I think it would be just fantastic fun. I love people with ideas and passion, mm-hmm. and I'd love to be a part of that. And but I just have to try and equal myself to the. To have, the have you got a Have you got a plan in place? Clearly, there's something brewing. Uh, yeah. and clearly, you can't reveal too much. But uh, can you maybe? What what? How have you gone about plotting this? Is it something like? Is is it a content marketing strategy? Uh, no, it's a um, a mortgage product, uh-huh. um, and it's too early to say. Yeah, gotcha. But certainly, look. If you the reality is, if you jump off the cliff and try and build your parachute on the way down, um, oh, you're you're an idiot. Um, you want to actually jump off that cliff, know that you're wearing a baggy jacket, know how long you've got until you hit the ground, make sure you've got the right resources to build your parachute on the way down, have a backup plan in the event that, you know, you're not going to do it in time. You, you can't – yeah, you can jump in, but you've, you've still got to be um, business-like about it. Um, and I'm going through a methodical approach at the moment to building um, the, the systems in the background, but what 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 will be key to the success, or or whether this ever sees the, the light of day is another thing. Um, but uh, you're going to give it a red hot go. Oh, absolutely! And <laughs> I love the it. It's behind the scenes. Hey, Scotty. Now, um, how should listeners get in contact with you? Smoke signal. Um. <laughs> Gary, Gary Pigeon. You, you, you Gary Pigeon. Old I, I'm going to ask. I think I know what the answer is. Are you on Twitter? No, I don't <laughs> like Twitter. I think, I think it's silly. Love it. Well, I'll send people over to financelife.com.au and they can find out more about you. Mind you, the website needs a bit of work, but I, that's just between you and I, mate. 
<laughs> I agree. Hey, I Scott, agree. thanks for sharing, mate. And I uh, maybe look forward to having you back in a year's time once you've launched this new product, and uh, mm-hmm. or maybe once you're on Shark Tank and knocked off. Um, what's uh, well, who's the real estate guy on there? John right. McGrath. Yeah, good luck yeah, for that. I'm not sure who I'm going to replace. That's going to be a tough call for the producers, but I mean that's their problem, not mine. I'll, I'll um, be in makeup, having my makeup done at that time. <laughs> <laughs> good on you, buddy. Thanks for sharing, Scott. Thank you, Tim. Well, there you go, team. Aquatic ecologist turned policeman, now award-winning, national award-winning finance broker, Scott Matthews. You can check out his business over at financelife.com.au. Hey, I'll tell you what, he hasn't got the best website going around. Just goes to prove you can be highly successful without a really good website. You knew that, didn't you? Top three attention grabbers. That's what I want to share with you. Thanks to the very good folk at Key Person of Influence, whose one-day brand accelerator is not to be missed. Grab a seat. Go on. Keypersonofinfluence.com forward slash Timbo. And these top three attention grabbers also brought to you by netregistry.com.au forward slash Timbo. They've got three exclusive packages to help you get your business found online because you are who Google says you are. Righto. Attention grabber number one, put effort into managing your database, even if it involves getting your mum involved. Yeah. And once you've got it under control, your database, not your mother, then use it. A weekly email is a good place to start. Go back and listen, actually, to episode 131, where I interview email marketing expert Shane Tilly. It's an absolute cracker. I'll put a link to it in the show notes for this episode, which is episode 297. Can you believe that? Wow. Smallbusinessbigmarketing.com is where you'll find all that. Attention grabber number two, ask questions of your prospects. Get to know them and make them feel special before bombarding them with information about yourself. I've got to tell you, I've taken a lot of Uber rides lately and I have noticed an unusual link between all Uber drivers. Bit of a generalisation this, but you get in their car and they all immediately start talking about themselves. Now, I've got a theory on this. The the theory is that many Uber drivers aren't, you know, that's not their full-time job. Their full-time job is something else, much more interesting potentially, and Uber is helping them finance that dream. So they want to tell you about their dream, but I don't want to hear about it. Not all the time. I want to talk about myself. <laughs> I digress. Uber's good. I'm interviewing a fellow in two weeks' time, the rideshare guy. Really interesting story. He's become like the – he's an Uber driver, but he's making money by helping other Uber drivers, and it's very interesting. Uh, attention grabber number three, always have a big goal to aim for, even a little goal for that matter. I'm actually not the biggest goal setter going around, so um, that's why I grab my attention. But I have just started employing a technique that Tim Ferriss shared in a recent blog post. I won't tell you what that technique is because it involves buying something. It wasn't that expensive, but I want to test it first. I'll reveal more in an upcoming episode. If it works, maybe I'll reveal even if it doesn't work. They're my three attention grabbers from that interview with Scott Matthews. Thanks to Key Person of Influence and Net Registry. What was yours? 
What did you learn? What are you going to implement as a result of that fireside chat? Hey, if you listen to it, there must be something in there. I reckon there's something. Everything we listen to, read, watch, do, there's got to be a learning. What was yours? I'd like to know it. Head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and look for episode 297 and tell me. And if that's too hard, hit me up on Twitter at Timbo Reid, R-E-I-D, and let me know. Dan Zarella of HubSpot once said, The next time you hear a social media myth, question it. Ask for proof and ask out loud. Yep, love that quote. Love it. Way too many social media myths out there. Oh, I've got a million Instagram followers and I did it one by one. Well, you did not do it one by one. You bought them most of the time. I don't know. Social media, you know what I think of it. Hey, a bit of a book update. Signed off the cover this week. Signing off the internal designs tomorrow. Send it to the printers tomorrow afternoon. Oh, hello. And I've already sold 200 copies to two conference organisers. They've got me speaking at their conference in the coming weeks. And that's exactly what I wanted to happen having the ability to offer to conference organisers, you know, something additional to my speaking services. I'll sell them at the back of the room and I will sell them on my web. I will sell my book on my website. Have I told you what it's called? I think I did. The Boomerang Effect. (laughs) The Boomerang Effect. Because what you put into your marketing, you get back in multiples. You like that? Uh, My forum members will be the first to know. When it comes out, when it's ready for purchase, you can join the forum, crankmymarketing.com. Head over there. My email list will be second to know. You can join that over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and it will be available for sale on that website in perpetuity. Hey, um, never stop learning. That's my kind of um, catchphrase. And I've got a couple of events here. Besides the KPI, Key Person of Influence Brand Accelerator Days, which you should go to if you're in town, um, another strategic partner of this show is the National Online Retailers Association. And they've got a couple of really good events. They call them e-commerce expeditions, where you go and visit really successful e-commerce businesses, meet with the owners, do a tour of the facility, have a little piece of cheese and a cracker, and ask questions. This one, I've got two here. One's in Brisbane, one's in Melbourne. Friday, March 11, 2016, you have a Q&A session with Beginning Boutique, which is a pretty cool um, clothing uh, business for, I kind of think it's like teenage girls, young girls, and Edible Blooms. They're good. I want to get those guys on my show. Uh, Friday, 11th of March, 12 till 3.30 in Brisbane, or Bris Vegas, as we call it, out out of town as call it. Friday, the 22nd of April, two days after my birthday, hey, make a note of that. In Melbourne, you can do an e-commerce expedition all day, nine or six, with the executive teams of Red Bubble and Adore Beauty. That would be a ripper. I would encourage you to go over to nora.org.au and there is a discount code that you can apply for a 20% off the ticketed price. So head over to nora.org.au 
Look for the event and the discount code. You ready? 67397734. Those Nora events are rippers, and I encourage you to go along. Got some great feedback from uh, listener Tom Harris of the Farus Tech Group. Hard word to say, that one. Hard word. Business names fascinate me sometimes. I look at them going, oh, is that a good idea? It's hard to spell, hard to say. Hey, uh, Tom says, hey, Tim, just a quick email to say thanks. Thanks, Tom. It's been an exciting first full year of business and things are going and growing really well. But I have a few regrets. I haven't been in the forum enough. Oh, mate, don't worry about that. My intention with the forum, Tom, was to give you a place to go for a small monthly fee to ask a marketing question when it came to mind and get an answer on it. You know, that's it. So if you go in there once a month and get your answer, get your question answered, that's fine. Don't need to be in there all the time if you don't want to. Think of it as marketing insurance. Tom goes on to say, I have just accepted a proposal from David Warren to get his outsourcing team to assist us so I can focus on further growth and bigger opportunities. This will help a lot. Well, that's great. David Warren, past guest of the show, now has a wonderful outsourcing business in the Philippines called Cornerstone Business Solutions. More on them in episodes to come, by the way, team. Tom goes on to say, I haven't commented in the show notes. Sorry about that. I really do love the shows, though. Yeah, I don't know, Tom. Mate, if you're not commenting, how do I know? I assume the only people that listen to the show are those who comment in the show notes of each episode. So... In that case, I've got about, oh, I don't know, 43 listeners. (laughs) Looking back to when I first made contact as Tom the Engineer and told you my story two years ago, I'm now working 100% for myself in a business that is modestly profitable. And here is the big clincher team supporting my family. Oh, mate, Tom, that's brilliant, mate. What a big win. Let's not talk small wins. Let's talk big wins. You've started a business and you're supporting your family? Mate, that's wild. It seems an eternity ago. Small business, big marketing has been a big part of this journey, so thanks again. Tom, mate, I love your work. Thanks for sharing. Team, let's help Tom. I don't know what he does, but I'll spell his website for you. F-E-R-R-O-U-S-T-E-K.com. Dot au. Hey, uh, I got seated this week. <laughs> Parcel arrived. Pretty excited when I get seated. Seated means someone sent me something, potentially in the hope that I'll mention it on the show. Always do. Still waiting to be seated by Qantas and Mercedes-Benz and Tag Heuer. <laughs> Won't happen. Oh, I might. I don't know. Uh, this parcel rolled up from Russell Gibbons. Huds and Toke. That's the business. Open it up. There's some donuts and a birthday cake in there. But they're doggy donuts. And it's a doggy birthday cake, eh? Not for human consumption. Although Russ does say, I could eat it. It won't kill me because there's no naughty stuff in there. But I haven't. I've saved it for my dog. My dog's name's Mr. Charlie Bucket, in case you didn't know. So, Russ, loved meeting you the other night at that event for the OTM Group up in Maruchidor. And thanks for seating, well, not me, but Mr. Charlie Bucket. 
He loves the donuts, mate. Like his dad, me. I love donuts. One of the great inventions. Uh, you should check out hudsontoke.com.au for doggy treats and things like that. Great little business. Thanks, Russ. Righto, that'll do it. That said, plenty of marketing gold coming your way in the weeks ahead, guys. Special episode next week. We are joined by a wonderful woman, Julie Cross. She also goes by the name of Miss Sparkle. So if you're struggling to be authentic in your marketing, to find your voice, to own your space, oh, you are going to love what Julie has to share. Very inspiring episode next week. Hey, be sure to use Net Registry to get your online marketing sorted. They've got a great do-it-for-me website package, 79 bucks a month over at netregistry.com.au forward slash Timbo. And grab a seat at the upcoming Key Person of Influence Business Brand Accelerator over at keypersonofinfluence.com forward slash Timbo. But only, and I mean only, if you want to create an unfair advantage in your business. Hey, thanks, audio buffoon. Oh, no, that's not buffoon. Boffin, audio boffin. Daryl Delirious Missing for pushing all the right buttons and making this show sound as it does. And to Lockie Dolly for how he plays with his organ. Oh, no, hang on, hang on, not that. Hang on, it should be how he plays his organ. Enough a spelling mistake. You can check him out over at LockieDolly.com. If you want to surround yourself with motivated business owners, head over to the Small Business Big Marketing Forum. I'll see you inside. Crankmymarketing.com is where you will find it. 69 bucks a month, 30-day money-back guarantee. No questions asked. No risk at all, and you might just improve your marketing. If you need a speaker for an upcoming event, timreid.com.au is where you'll find all about me. Until next week, I am Timbo Reid. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Big Marketing Show. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now.